Welcome to Assorted Conversations. The podcast with everyday people sharing stories of following their passions as they pursue happiness. Hey, Helen. Hey, Maureen. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am doing really well. I'm so excited. I know. It's going to be fun. This is going to be a fun one. It is. It is. Uh, We want to welcome anybody that's discovering us for the first time, as well as welcome back anybody that is, is coming back for another episode of Assorted Conversations. And this week, we have a very special episode. We are calling our Santa Sensitive Conversation. Sounds top secret. So tell me more, Helen. <laughs> it is, um, I, I guess here's here's kind of a little warning. If anybody has uh, little believers within earshot, you may want to pop in your earbuds now or press pause and come back to us a little later because this week, we are going to be talking about fun, unique ideas um, to plan for in celebrating the upcoming holidays. So although this is coming out in November, uh, we're not trying to rush things, but sometimes the really fun things involve some planning and you need the time to do it. So we are looking forward to sharing some what we think are fun and unique ideas. Some of some of them we've done ourselves. Some of them have uh, have come into our world uh, through our friends and and other family members. So we are happy to share with uh, anyone listening some fun ways to celebrate the upcoming holidays. That's right, and it's been particularly difficult to celebrate in the past year or so. So we've had to come up with some COVID inspired ideas. And Helen, you have a few. Yeah. So a couple things that uh, that I did last year during COVID. First one, I cannot take credit for. This is a big shout out to Kathy Langley, my very good friend in Pennsylvania. She came up with this idea, and I thought it was fantastic. Um, during lockdown, we heard a lot about the impact it had on bars and restaurants and the servers and right. and the restaurant owners but there was a whole other audience that was affected by this and Kathy had identified that and she thought hmm i've got like 20 20 some odd people on my staff that i need to get gifts for she had her team scattered across the entire country So she thought it would be a great idea to put together handmade in Pennsylvania baskets. Nice. And she did a phenomenal job with researching small family-run local businesses that either made snacks, goodies, um, non-perishable things. She did a great job of putting together kind of a map of Pennsylvania and dropping a pin where each item came from. Oh, neat. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. And, um, you know, the folks that lived in Pennsylvania that worked with her appreciated it because now they've got a new local place to go. The people right. that lived outside of Pennsylvania appreciated it because it was a little bit of um, the, the home state of, of where the company was based out of coming to them. And the small local businesses appreciated 
the extra business and taking that extra step to help them during what was a very challenging year. Oh, that's huge. What a wonderful way to support her community and share with her coworkers. Yeah, it it was so much fun. So when she shared that idea with me, I said, well, I have a much smaller group of friends and family that I'd like to do this for. And I had so much fun researching um, the different businesses in Massachusetts. And I actually found a business that made these hand-woven baskets. So even the gift basket that all the Massachusetts goodies came from, came from Massachusetts. Oh my gosh. And all the work that went into all of those things. Yeah. And it was just, it was so much fun connecting with the small local businesses. And when I explained, you know, the volume of my order and what I was doing, they were so appreciative of what I was doing. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So I knew I was going to be giving a really creative, inventive gift, thanks to my friend, Kathy. And um, I was helping local businesses and I was sharing, you know, these amazing things. We, I had handmade chocolates from uh, Framingham, Massachusetts. I had olive oil from a region in Italy that my family came from. And I included that in my siblings' baskets. But oh, cool. um, part of our family is from Calabria and there happens to be uh, a business called Trey Olives out in Western Massachusetts that imports olive oil from the Calabria region. So that was pretty oh, cool. Nice. A little heritage. Yeah. I took my, um, my map one step further. I found an outline of the state of Massachusetts online, dropped pins in where all of the businesses were located. And I made it a point to make sure I, I hit a, a good cross section of Massachusetts. So way out by the New York border in Pittsfield, Mass. I think I had some hand-drawn uh, prints from an art gallery out there that I was able to include of New England wildlife. They do amazing work. Nice. Uh, on the back side of the map, I included each business, a little description of what they do, and why I chose this business. Some I chose for their commitment to environmental sustainability, um, commitment to a Black-owned business, uh, 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 commitment to female entrepreneurship. I mean, it was just, it was just a lot of fun. And I included their website link. So if anybody found a favorite, they had the link to go and reorder. Oh, that's perfect. I had so much fun putting it together. It was like Christmas for me leading up to the holidays because every couple of days I'd get another box with all of these goodies from a local business that I had ordered. And I had so much fun putting the baskets together. Uh, and again, knowing that it was a creative gift, I was helping a local business and I was having a blast putting them together. Um, I thought was a kind of a fun idea to share. Now it does take time um, to do your research and place your order and get your, you know, get your goodies so that you can uh, assemble the basket in time for Christmas and be able to deliver it. But uh, that was, you know, something that was a COVID inspired idea that I actually had a lot of fun with. Oh, that's great. 
Well, you had another because you have two little people in your life that are <laughs> just the most amazing little boys. And you came up with a whole other idea to really help them experience the true meaning of the holidays. And I just love this idea. And I was just grateful you included me to help out. And you told me about it beforehand. <laughs> so tell us tell us about the secret Santa notes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, again, not knowing if we were all going to be able to get together and celebrate um, in at the end of 2020, based on what was going on then, it really had to think long and hard. And both of my parents um, were very high risk. So we weren't sure that they would be able to celebrate with everybody right. uh, last year, be able to you know see the kids. So I started thinking, what, what can we do um, to get around that challenge? But also, what makes things, you know, fun for adults? And I know when you're a kid and it's the holiday time, it's all about, you know, your list to Santa, visiting with Santa and what you're going to get. And then as you grow older, and I think it, it becomes even more so when you become a parent, um, your joy of the holiday is really in seeing your kids' reactions or your nieces and nephews and and seeing their reactions and seeing their joy and their wonderment at at the season, right? And it's it's about keeping secrets sometimes. <laughs> Don't tell them. Uh, yeah, last year I had a conversation. Um, it was on Thanksgiving. We were I was having Thanksgiving dinner, sitting ten feet away from my parents, <laughs> and <laughs> I asked them, you know, what was most fun uh, about Christmas. When, when we were growing up and my mom shared that her favorite Christmas was the year she pulled off a gift that nobody knew about. And uh, she said she enjoyed the anticipation and knowing she was pulling something off that was just going to blow everybody's socks off. And, and she ended up getting the family a ping pong table, which was, which was a lot of fun. Oh, cool. Uh, but she really loved keeping that secret and, you know, could not wait until Christmas morning. I think she was more anxious than us for Christmas right? morning to get there. <laughs> How did your mom actually keep a ping pong table hidden in secret? She was really crafty. She actually um, enlisted the help of a neighbor who had a pickup truck. <laughs> nice. An extra room in his garage, and the ping pong table stayed in his garage um, until Christmas. It was a lot of fun. So oh, that's I, cool. I really was looking for okay, that meant a lot to her. So what what can I do um, to kind of incorporate that in something? Knowing that at one point it's all about the anticipation of what Santa's going to bring you, versus the anticipation of uh, somebody getting a gift that you put, you know, time and thought and care into planning for. I wanted to kind of marry those two two things up, and it's never too early to start instilling in in children that you know the the spirit of the season really is better to give than to receive. Um, I thought I would incorporate that into these little secret Santa notes that I came up with uh, from my nephews. 
So my plan was, and I didn't have a lot of time because I'm thinking about this mm, just after Thanksgiving. Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> was to send secret Santa notes to my nephews. Uh, and each week there'd be a little gift for them and there would be a little lesson in there and an ask of them that reflected the lesson that they needed to do in the following week before they received my next note. Right. And I got you involved because I really wanted the notes to be handwritten. That was before <laughs> we discovered your handwriting is exactly like mine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> little too similar. Yeah. You helped me out with a really cool font to make the little notes seem more in the holiday spirit. So the first note went out uh, the last week in November. They got a $10 gift card, and it was really an introduction. I didn't tell my brother and sister-in-law or my sister and brother-in-law that we were doing this. Oh, Um, I love that. I love that you kept their parents in the dark as well. It also helped that I drove down to Connecticut and you printed everything out for me after we discovered the handwriting thing wasn't going to work. Right. (laughs) I was able to drop the first note in your post office in Connecticut. So that really threw them off the trail. Perfect. And it was a series of five notes. And I sent them every week. Uh, Again, COVID time, part of my escape from my house was to hop in the car, grab a coffee, crank the tunes and drive around. So I, I went all over the place to mail these cards every week. And it was a lot of fun for me. The first card was an introduction. It talks about, you know, the spirit of the season is it's better to give than to receive. So play along with me and show me you believe. I'm your secret Santa and we've got so much stuff to do. I hope you feel important because I have chosen you. Every week I'll send you a special little gift. In return, do what I ask, but you have to do it quick. Enjoy this week's surprise, and here is this week's mission. Do a kind act for mom and dad, and then wait for my next submission. The two of them were blown away. (laughs) Well, and how did you even find out that they got them? Because your, your siblings didn't know you were sending them. Um, one, one of my siblings actually posted the note and the Christmas card and the target gift card on Facebook. And she said, I have no idea who did this, but thank you. This is awesome. Oh, how wonderful. And so much work you put into each of those little notes. They were whole stories. They they were great little poems. I love them. Yeah, I, trying to get everything to rhyme was not easy. But <laughs> the second week, they got $10 in cash. And the note reads, your gift this week is the warm, happy feeling you get inside when you give to someone else completely by surprise. Oh, how nice. But it, it was something that they... They were being given a way to do it just so that they could feel good about giving to somebody else. I think one donated to the Salvation Army. And I think the other one bought a gift for a friend. So their third note, that really was more or less, hey, I know we can't see each other, but it doesn't mean you can't reach out and call somebody Um, Call your grandparents, call 
your friends, your aunts and uncles, make sure you tell people that matter to you that you love them. Right, right. It's so important. Yeah. And then the week of Christmas, they got um, they got the big gift, and that was uh, gift cards from my parents. That week's note said, this week, think of one thing to start doing for yourself. Make your bed, clean your room, fold your clothes, and so many others to pick. Whatever you choose, make sure you keep doing it, and that habit will really stick. Another little lesson Start taking responsibility for yourself. They, at the time, these two were seven and nine. Right. But it's a lesson that's universal at just about any age. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then um, Secret Santa reached out the week after Christmas with no gift. Yes. With no gift, but just a little message. And this is where we unveiled who was up to this. So it was signed by me and my parents. The last note read, oh my gosh, I can't believe the new year is almost here. Please make sure you don't let these little lessons disappear. Christmas is a special time and I hope you had a lot of fun. Thinking of others is important stuff, so please make sure it always gets done. How did it feel to see the smiles you created when you spread your own special kind of cheer? I hope you always remember kind acts and do your best to carry it through all the way into next year. Nice. So that I thought that was a great way to kick off 2021 for these two little munchkins who, by their parents' accounts, played along every week. And then they got to find out it was Auntie Helen, Nana, and Papa behind it all. Oh, very sweet. Were they surprised? Were they were they like, you got us? <laughs> It well, it was so funny because one of my nephews every week would smell the card and smell the letter and say, Really? It smells like Auntie Jeanette's house. Well, now it smells like Nana and Papa's. And I'm laughing the whole time. The little detective was like, I'm on this. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna try yeah. and figure out who this is. So he they were trying s- to figure it out. He was gonna try and sniff out Secret Santa. That's right. <laughs> Need to sprinkle that with cinnamon or something. I know. Throw the kid off the track. Yeah. But I I mean, I had a lot of fun like hearing, like, we're getting these letters every week. And I, I, are you doing it? I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Right. You think I got time to do this? (laughs) So it was, it was a lot of fun. Did your parents enjoy the experience? They did. We would get mm, maybe a weekly. Uh, a weekly update of, you know, what one of them had done, or now we think it's so-and-so. So it was, it was fun. Oh, good. So I just thought, you know, if anybody is interested, this would be a fun way, especially if you have little ones across the miles uh, that you don't get to celebrate with on, on a regular basis, that this might be a fun way to, to kind of string out that, that holiday cheer. So I'll have a, a copy of the state gift basket map I created, as well as the secret Santa notes posted on our private Facebook community. So make sure you join the the private Facebook community. That's the only place I'm going to be sharing these documents. Um, and, and I hope somebody uh, gets some more use out of this. It was just a fun thing for me. And we figured why not share this with other folks uh, with enough time to actually plan to do this. Right. 
And if you get the PDF documents, that saves a lot of time. (laughs) (laughs) Right. All that, that was a lot of time you took just to write those out. I loved it. I had a blast. You know, in keeping in the spirit of giving to others, there are plenty of things, Maureen, you are the crafter out of the two of us. I've been known to wield a mighty glue gun, but that's about it. (laughs) What are some of the things that you do to bring some handmade thoughtful gifts to folks that, that matter to you? When I think about the holidays, most of the time what I am trying to do is create things from what I already have. So what I do in crafting is oftentimes things that are repurposed or recycled or things that would otherwise get thrown into the trash, like remnants, cloth remnants, things of that nature. So I have a tendency to come up with ideas for making things. Um, I've done things like little fleece hats for my nieces and nephews. I have created um, a number of things with things that you gave me, Helen. (laughs) You used to have so many beads and you gave them over to me. (laughs) And and I was able to gift some people with some items of jewelry last year, and it just made them so happy to get something handmade. Uh, I try and do something that's very thoughtful. The women in my life are particularly important to me. So last Mm -hmm. year, I made, and you were a recipient. I know. Tiny little makeup wipes with slightly different fabric, one that was cleaning and one that was soothing to wash my friends' faces because they have beautiful faces and I love them. I love their faces. Uh, So I made that and a little, a little netted wash pouch for them to be able to wash the face cloths in. And then another little cloth pouch for them to store them in all from remnants that I had. And I found that people really enjoyed those. I made little coffee cup cozies too. I, I have a difficult time with the men in my life. Like, what can I make for the men? And most of my (laughs) remnants tend to be very women-oriented fabrics. Like, they're just flowery fabrics a lot of times. So the coffee cozies were well-received, which was nice. What I found was the thing I got the most comments on were the origami boxes I made to put the gifts in. So (laughs) as part of just how to do things. I'm always looking for ways to wrap things typically simply. And what happens is I'll I'll keep everybody does this. They keep the bags that people gift in because you don't have to wrap anything. You can just toss something in a bag and that was great. But because of COVID, we weren't seeing a lot of people. So I was going to have to send a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And I think because I knew the holiday was going to be tough on people, I wanted it to be special. Yeah. I took plain brown paper for those who used to have to wrap their books, their school books in plain brown paper. (laughs) I remember those days. Yeah, I remember that, like, cover your books. I used the old brown paper grocery bags that you would get at the store and cut squares and made an origami bottom of the box, but then the top of the box I would make with wrapping paper. They were... I have to say, first of all, the the little like makeup wipes and and facial cleansing cloths that that you sent last year were amazing. I I, I took them out of the box, read the note, so touching. But then I couldn't stop staring at the origami box. I was like, <laughs> holy cow! 
<laughs> she made this. Well, and the funny thing is, I used to make them when I was bored at work on conference calls. <laughs> so that's how I started making them. I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm going to have to keep. Because uh, part of the way my mind works is I need to be doing something with my hands in order to pay attention. So I would doodle in school or when I was on conference calls to pay attention, I would make these origami boxes and I made just dozens of them in colored paper. So when it came to this Christmas, I thought, oh, I can just make the origami boxes. And I had tons of leftover ribbon from other crafts that I thought, oh, I can just tie these like really pretty ribbons on these really yeah. simple boxes. And it just created something really pretty. Um, and it was the thing that without fail, I got the most comments on the boxes. So. Yeah. I, I, I had never seen one and I, I was just blown away. I mean, again, blown away by the gift, but also the box. I, I, again, I, uh, <laughs> maybe this is why children play in boxes uh, after they take the toys out of them, but I just, I, I absolutely love the box. It was a beautiful presentation for such a heartfelt gift. Oh, thank you. I I have to say there are times in, in many years past that I would purchase something that was meaningful to me in that I wanted the person to know I cared deeply about them. So I got, I got, it was basically a vitamin. They were calcium chews. So they were chocolate chews. I had a bunch of coupons. I got them for all my sisters and sister-in-laws. And you know, I come from a big family. So that's mm -hmm. like seven people right there. And I wrote a note to each of them expressing to them how much they meant to me and how I wanted them to be in my life for the rest of my life. And it created so many tears on Christmas. <laughs> they were just like so upset. They were so touched and upset that they were almost angry at me. <laughs> so I, I really appreciate how you with your nephew were like, hey, make sure you're expressing love to each other. And how you do that can be really simple. And words matter, whether you say them or you write them down. Those are things that really touch people and make them feel like they're thought of and that they're cared about. Absolutely. Right. So just some fun things. I, I will try and make something from just about anything, but I do try and make sure that people know how much I care about them. Yeah, you are, you are excellent at that. Now, there was another tradition that, that you guys used to do as a family that, you know, if anybody's interested in doing it, it would definitely take some planning. You want to talk about the, the ornaments? So, when our children were little, most of the kids, nieces and nephews are grown at this point in our family. But when they were little, we would get together and we would do typically a different ornament each year. So it was kind of the annual ornament. Um, my sisters were great at finding the wildest things that you could make, whether it was paint inside a glass ball and you just kind of rolled the paint around inside the glass ball, um, or the, the year we did cloves and oranges. Uh, just want to let you know, pushing those cloves into an orange with your thumb will leave your thumb in a fair amount of pain. <laughs> <laughs> it smells beautiful. <laughs> 
<laughs> but you go, oh. Would you hang the oranges from the tree? They dried out. So if you did them early enough, they would dry and they would become fairly light and you could hang them for the tree or you could hang them from like you would mistletoe. You know, it was it was kind of like allowing scent into the environment, (laughs) Christmas scent. And oh, my gosh, I mean, it was probably less about the ornament that we walked away with and more about the spending the time together with the kids and all the siblings And just making memories. I mean, we would just sit there and laugh, but we would always try and come up. We'd have to come up at like this time of year. What are we going to do? Because you have to get all the supplies, right? Right, right. So whatever the supplies were, you'd have to come up with that that stuff. Um, We we learned our lesson on the glass ornaments too. Small children, don't do glass. Find the plastic. Yeah. Yeah, especially especially if you're trying to stuff anything in those glass ornaments, those little necks break pretty easily. Oh, they do. Oh, yeah. So definitely go with the clear plastic, kids. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the ornaments were great. Those were wonderful things. And it was just such a fun thing to have. And I keep, I mean, I keep Christmas things up year round. So a lot of those <laughs> things... Decorate so you're house. the house. <laughs> I, I not on the outside of the house, but inside the house, they are just sprinkled everywhere. Little Christmas things. My mother's porcelain Christmas tree is up on the mantle year round. I plug it in at Christmas time. We don't we don't have a lot of space in our house, and we have animals, so putting up a tree is just it's too dangerous. So it's the porcelain Christmas tree that we do. Oh, too funny! Yeah, too funny. I had someone just the other day say, let me know when you want to give that to me. Not going to happen. <laughs> Some other, you know, holiday traditions. This has been a big tradition in my family. It originally started back when my brothers were very young. Um, and I, I've already mentioned that there is a huge age difference between me and the other three in my family. So I was certainly out of the believer stage, but that was. That was when I got into the um, pulling the wool over their eyes um, (laughs) stage, along with all the other adults. But uh, from the time, I want to say my brothers were like four and six, we have consistently done this every Christmas. And thankfully, we've had little ones in our family every year. Being from uh, a big Italian family, Our Christmas celebration is really Christmas Eve. It's, you know, the Feast of the Seven Fish, although I don't think we've ever done seven, but we (laughs) all get together and have a a traditional Italian dinner. After dinner, my father would pull up a chair in front of our fireplace and sit down and read Twas the Night Before Christmas. Classic. Back in the mid to late 70s, Uh, We had no technology to help us out with this. So what would happen is once everybody was gathered in the family room to listen to my dad read the night before Christmas, one of my uncles would sneak outside and uh, we would have already opened the storm window, you know, being in Massachusetts, it's cold at Christmas time usually. So (laughs) we would open up the outside storm window and keep the inside window shut. And they would stand outside the window and somebody would be near the window. And as my dad got to the end of the story, 
if the signal was the person inside the house scratched their head, so the person freezing their butt off outside <laughs> holding sleigh bells knew it was showtime, uh, but that person outside would ring the bells at the very end of the story. And it's funny, when the kids get old enough to run to the window, everybody in the room screams, look up, because we don't want them to look down. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, that is too much. The very first year we did this for my brothers, the looks on their faces were priceless. Oh, that's great. They knew that, you know, Santa doesn't come if you're not in bed and asleep. So the first thing they did is told everybody they had to go home and started going around the room, giving everybody hugs and kisses and saying, <laughs> hurry up. He's, he's not going to come if you don't leave. It was the funniest reaction that we had ever seen. And it's a great way to get the littles to go to bed on Christmas Eve. So oh my gosh. We did that for years. Um you know, my and then when my sister came along, and cousins, younger cousins, as they grew up, and then my stepkids, and uh, over the years, it's it's kind of changed. There was one year, whoever was outside with the bells, yeah, who pulled the short straw? <laughs> well, it was funny when when the kids were little, little, they weren't taking an inventory of who was in the room, right. They get to be eight years old, nine years old, and maybe there's some talk at school that, no, there's no Santa, it's really your parents. Then you can see them looking around the room to make sure everybody is there. Yeah. If it was me, I'd have to fill up on the spiked eggnog to go out. (laughs) Well, one year somebody decided, hey, I'm going to make it sound like Santa's flying. I think it might have been my brother. (laughs) Santa's flying around the house. So he started at the front yard and ran around the side of the house closest to uh, the fireplace where where the story was being read and jingled the bells all the way around. So it wasn't just jingle right outside the window, but it sounded like he was flying right. around the house. He had had a couple drinks and <laughs> <laughs> we... <laughs> We, we had a two-car garage under the house, so oh he was going to make this loop all the way around the house uh, and to not draw our attention when he originally opened the garage door. He didn't open it all the way. So he comes flying down the incline next to the house underneath the deck and goes to go into the garage and misjudges Oh, jeez. How, uh, how far the garage door was down and almost knocked himself out. Oh my God, that's the best. And then we had another um, episode. When the kids were old enough and, and they're taking the inventory of you know who's in the room, who isn't, uh, we got wise to that. So my parents actually had a neighbor volunteer to ring the bells. She was hosting a holiday open house she had had a couple drinks and came over in high heels. <laughs> oh my gosh. She was standing in the in in the yard and the side of the house there was there was a slight incline. It had snowed. It was a little slippery and when she started ringing the bells, she lost her balance, went slamming down on her back 
and then slid down the incline next to the house. And oh when she when she hit, the bells hit kind of the hard, icy snow, and they broke apart, <gasps> and they went everywhere. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> Oh, no. Now the evidence is everywhere. The following spring, when my dad had my brothers out in the yard and they were doing the spring cleanup, one of the boys found one of the bells. Oh, my gosh. And he was like, look at this. My father was like, "Mm, yeah, Santa must have got really close to the house last year. Can I just tell you, your parents' neighbors are the best. Like they are game for anything. (laughs) Oh my God. As time has gone on and and most recently over the past, I don't know, two or three years with the nephews, we've been able to hide a Bluetooth speaker and uh, have a Jingle Bell app on somebody's phone. So you're in the room and you can have your hand in your pocket uh, with the button on the phone to play the, the Jingle Bell sound effect. Right. And- you know, it it it's worked like a charm. That's one of the traditions that I, you know I've looked forward to for close to thirty some odd years. Like I said, starting <laughs> with my siblings, going all the way up to their kids and younger cousins, and and my stepkids in between. It's just been a blast. What a good time! Yeah. And are your nephews still? Are they still reacting to it, or have they gotten kind of past that point? Well, you know, last year was a year unlike any other. Um, I was at my parents' house and my brother and sister-in-law brought the nine-year-old. We wanted to do this for my parents, you know, so that they could hear the story and see the reaction. And we weren't sure if um, my nephew was 100% believer in this. And so they're reading the story. And when we first sat down, my nephew wanted to read the story outside because he wanted to see Santa. And we said, no, it's freezing out. And, you know, Nana and Papa want to hear the story. That's why, you know, we're here. And it took a good 10 minutes to get him to sit down and read the night before Christmas with his mom. And when he got to the last word, the minute he heard the sleigh bells, he took off out the front door and was standing in the front yard <laughs> in his pajamas, looking up in the sky. He's like, I could have read this outside. Yeah. I could have yeah. caught him. Oh, my gosh. That's wonderful. If if your kids are getting to the point where they may not be a believer, and I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, um, but you may milk another year out of it with this. It's a way to facilitate just a little bit of magic. Yeah. Yeah. And have those fun memories to talk about. Right. So another holiday tradition, and this is not my tradition, but I have been fortunate enough to be a part of it uh, for the majority of its 20, 22 years of existence. It's actually a tradition that once again, shout out Kathy Langley, Um, that she started with her children when they were very young. And her two oldest are in their 20s. So this has been going on for a while. Um, But she calls it the trail. And she created the trail to kind of solve the challenge of when you have young kids, what do you do with the rest of their energy after opening presents? So she created this trail concept as a way to say, this is the final present. And it was less about the present and more about the experience 
of Going on the Trail. It's a series of riddles, questions, and clues that have to be solved in order to get to the final present. Get started when her two oldest were very young with simple clues like, where does daddy keep his socks? And they would go to the sock drawer and there would be a note with a clue uh, to where they had to go to get their next clue. And it was just a way to announce this is the end, but also let's have some fun. And over the years, uh, the trail has evolved and morphed. And I just think it's a wonderful idea because it can be as simple um, as the age of the children. Right. You can make the clues very simple. Um, and then the clues can change and morph and become more complex as they get older. And right. Kathy certainly has taken it from where does daddy keep his socks to uh, the extent that she involves not just me, um, but other friends um, and other family members to be a part of the trail. And I want to say maybe for the last six or seven years, uh, I look forward to this every Christmas morning because it's my opportunity to connect with her kids as well as her and her husband to say, Merry Christmas on Christmas morning. Right. Her trail has uh, morphed and evolved over the years. And as her kids get older, they're both in their 20s. One is married and they still look forward to this. Some of the things she's done over the years, uh, she took a picture of my license plate when we were together and had that picture turned into a puzzle. So one clue led them to a box and they had all of these puzzle pieces. And they had to put the puzzle together. So it was my license plate. And then they right. went, okay, now we now we have to call Helen to get the next clue. And Kathy right. would have already told me where I had to lead them and gave me the creativity to give them a riddle or a clue or some sort of a hint on where they had to go. Make it as hard or as easy as you want to. But I love uh, that they she didn't give your name. She gave your license plate. Yeah. And they had and, to, because you don't live in the same state, they had right. to extrapolate who do we know in this state. So that's cool. Yep. Yeah. Another year, um, the trail involved a track phone as, as the kids got older. And she bought a track phone and programmed in everybody's phone numbers, but told us, okay, here's your character. And she would plot this whole trail out. The year she did the phone, I was Buddy the, Buddy the Elf. So there was one clue that if they uncovered the clue, they would know they needed to call Buddy the Elf on the phone she gave them. Well, they didn't know that Buddy the Elf was me. <laughs> right. So they had no idea who, who they were calling. And, and now every year I get a phone call from them. She has incorporated a lot of different elements. Uh, there was one year she had a locked box that had a puzzle inside. And on the bottom of the box, the clue said, what number do you call in case of an emergency? 911. Well, 911 was the combination to the locked box that they were holding. So they had to figure out different things like that. Right. A lot of critical thinking skills in her clues. Yeah. Yeah. Now, she has children, and and this is for any family that has children with wide age ranges. Mm-hmm. She does something that I, I love it because it keeps the kids working together on the clues, but it gives everybody kind of an assignment. 
So how does she handle that? She, she's got her two oldest and I think there's a five or six year age difference between the two oldest and her youngest. And there were, you know, certain points in time where she threw clues in for the younger one and just kind of, you know, let the older ones know this one's for the younger one. So, so that everybody in the family could be included. Right. And that they were doing it together. It was a collaborative effort. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like they weren't trying to each do their own hunt. It was, oh, we got to work together to solve for this. Yeah, absolutely. That's so cool. Yeah. And and again, just a fun thing. Takes time to plan out. Right. Absolutely. Maureen, what are some of the ways you give back during the holiday season and, and ways that we can share with folks that they can do the same? You know, some of the things that I look for are who are the people that don't often get to spend holidays the way they'd want to with their families or with their friends and have either work that they have to do or they're just in circumstances where they may be alone and just need a little bit of an uplift. So one of the things that is always uh, a fun thing to do is holiday cards for the troops. These are people who are dedicating their lives to service for us and making sure they know that they are remembered and cared about and that we're grateful for them is an important thing from my perspective. There are a ton of different programs that have holiday cards that send out. So we want to make sure we're going to put those in the show notes uh, as far as links that you can find for a variety of different ways that you can reach out to those people. There are several programs and resources that not only support the troops, but support military families and veterans, as well as I am always a a faithful donator to Toys for Tots. Typically, there's usually an age group that is either difficult to buy for or doesn't receive a lot of of donations. So whenever I see a Toys for Tots uh, donation area, I always ask, what are you short of? You know, what, what age group, what sex and what age group are you short of? And those are typically the the things I'll go buy to donate for Toys for Tots. The nice thing about those two things is that a lot of employers um, help to promote those programs. Absolutely. So it's possible that, you know, uh, an employer where someone is working has ways that you can easily do that and, and do it conveniently at work. Yep. Yeah. Another way is to not forget about our first responders, um, to say thank you to those who are working while we are all celebrating, um, healthcare workers, 24 hour pharmacy workers, police, fire, EMT. Um, there's a lot of folks that are working to keep us safe, uh, while we are enjoying the holidays. So, um, finding different ways to say thank you to them. And, and it really kind of popped in into my consciousness uh, back when my brother uh, worked for BU Medical Center. He actually had to work on Christmas. So the family all got together and brought in a big tray of Christmas cookies for everybody that was you know working that day just to say thank you, um, taking right. time away from their families to go out and, and, and do the job you know, that, that they love doing. So, um, make, make sure to find ways to say thank you to, to those who are working while we're celebrating. Oh, absolutely. 
I'm also always concerned about the people who are often forgotten Mm -hmm. or feel forgotten at this time. Mm -hmm. So I think about the elder care facilities that are in my area and the people who may not have family that can visit them and just checking with those local facilities to find out what they may need, ideas for how to make the holidays um, brighter and more enjoyable for people who are in those elder care facilities. Yeah. The last thing too um, are all of the shelters that are out there, regardless of whether it's homeless shelters, teenage shelters, women's shelters, Consider volunteering your time during the holiday season. Find out what they are in need of to help support uh, their residents, whether it's clothing or supplies. It just goes a long way in brightening somebody else's holiday season. Those are the things that make the season brighter. Yeah, yeah. It's always about the giving, Helen. It's about the giving. Yeah, it is. We're at the end of our Santa-sensitive conversation today. Um, Thank you again for joining us. Anything that we've talked about, we will have links in the episode description, the show notes. So Helen, I'm hoping that everybody is a little more prepared with ideas on things they can do for the holidays, for themselves, their families, their loved ones, their communities. And I'm excited to have a great holiday season for 2021. It's going to be a good one. Me too. Me too. This has been a lot of fun sharing some of the stuff we've done, as well as uh, some of the things other folks in our lives have done. We're happy to share these. We did want to bring this episode to you with enough time to plan to maybe incorporate one or two of these ideas in your upcoming holiday season. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. If you've liked what you've heard, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Rate and review us wherever you download your podcasts. Become part of the Assorted Conversations community on Facebook, the place for listeners to connect, share, and support each other as we all pursue what makes us happy. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. All links to our social media accounts are in the episode description. Thanks for joining us. And until next week, be bold, be blind, and pursue your passions.